creates love. FCM, your kindness is appreciated more than words can say. Thank you. And this comes from the Mullins. Amen. We're so glad to see Sister Mullins back with us this morning. Remember, we have um, our regular worship service every Sunday at 9 a.m. And today at 1 p.m., the Share and Care Convalescent Ministry will be ministering at the Park Avenue Healthcare in Pomona. The address is in the bulletin. Please join them as they fellowship and give thanks to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for his wonderful gift with those who convalesce at Park Avenue Healthcare. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. Psalms 1 and 3. In lieu of sharing kids' regular monthly meeting, they will have a phone conference call at 7 p.m. on Thursday, November 7th. No, no, no. Is it com this coming Thursday or is that old? It already happened. Okay, scratch that. The prayer line is available Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 a.m. Please join us as we bring our petitions to our Heavenly Father. The phone number and access code are in the bulletin. Please remember if you're not leading the prayer to mute your phone and start your day off with dynamic prayer. Also remember you can donate to FCM via text or online giving. The information is in the bulletin. This coming week is Women's Week. Are we excited? Woo! We are so excited about Women's Week this year. This is going to be an awesome, anointed, powerful, dynamic week of worshiping our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And it's going to start off this Wednesday, November 13th at 7 p.m. right here. And our guest speaker is Evangelist Stephanie Johnson. Those of you who attended that women's fellowship she spoke at, and she's um, doing the mission um, in Israel that we are raising funny for money for the underground churches in Israel. She is a dynamic, powerful, anointed woman of God, so we encourage everyone to come out Wednesday night at 7 p.m. And also, before we move on, today, ladies, after service, immediately after service, the Women's Day Choir will be rehearsing. We need all of you to come out and support the Women's Day Choir, so just stay right here after service. Um, we're going to rehearse for Women's Day Choir and then also on Wednesday night after uh, Bible study. And then on Saturday, Saturday, say Saturday. Saturday. The ladies, the young ladies are going to be at where? Ron Hockwald Academy. Remember, we're going back to Ron Hockwald on Saturday for Women's Fellowship. And that will be at 9.30 a.m. The um, November, December ladies are serving breakfast, I believe breakfast and so we want to come on time and remember to invite the young ladies out to come out because our speaker evangelist Janine Duncan I'm telling you she is so excited about this women's week she's got some awesome word to prepare for us so on on Saturday we're going to have girls talk so bring the young ladies out and she's a basketball coach she's a high school teacher and she loves the young people and she's got some word that she wants to impart with them and then on Sunday at 9 a.m. right here we're going to be back for our Women's Day service and Sister Janine is going to be our speaker so get out and invite people to come out and join you for Sunday service it is going to be dynamic and remember Sunday the colors are purple and lime green or lime green purple whichever combination you want to do so let's come out let's fill this place amen Amen. That concludes our announcements to our first-time guests. We are so glad you came to worship with us today, and we pray that you come back and worship with us again. We invite you to join us for Women's Week. You're welcome. Every day, even the men, you can come out except for Saturday. So we hope to see you next week, and God bless you. Amen. It's your season. You don't have to come back. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How is everyone? Thank. I'm sorry. Well, praise the Lord. Let's give him a hand praise. Hallelujah. For he is worthy. Hallelujah. Let's give him a hand praise, saints. We are in the we are blessed to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Hallelujah. It could have been us. Hallelujah. Carried away in the ambulance. 
It could have been us that didn't wake up this morning. But God saw fit, hallelujah, that we be in his kingdom on this morning. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. Giving honor to um, my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. Um, to our pastor and first lady in their absence, to Pastor Henderson and Sister Ola in her absence, to the elders, evangelists, and to my Faith Center ministry family and friends. I just thank and praise God for um, another opportunity to share his word on this morning. I do count it an honor and a privilege to have been asked to speak on this morning. And of course, you know the Lord, he just, um, I won't say slow, but he likes to marinate when it comes to giving you a word for your people. And it's like, okay, Lord, I've had a week and a half advance notice. And I didn't get the message until this past Wednesday night. So it's like, but I thank God for it because he gave me a word for us on this morning. Um, also, I want to um, recognize my daughter. Raise your hand, daughter. She and my grandson and my great-grands drove all the way down to Vegas. Um, we spent the day together yesterday, and she said, well, Mom, I'm not going home this morning. I want to go and support you, so I thank God. This is her very first time seeing her mom speak, very first time. And so my grandchildren, uh, my grandson, Davion, he's 10 there in the back, and the great-grands, uh, Noel and KJ. So I just thank you, praise God, for this time and opportunity. Uh, my friends and evangelists, Kathy Johnson and Marva Morrison, thank you so much for your support. I remember the first minister's training class we went through, <laughs> and a few of us. And um, the Lord, um, you know, had a calling on our lives to um, evangelize. And it's like, me, Lord? Me. I'm speaking about me. And, um, you know, when we went through the training and we passed the class, and then um, and the Lord said, yes, so we had to go before the Church of God and Christ board, women, women's department. And... Um, Ooh, that was so nerve-wracking. But anyway, we counted an honor and a privilege that on that day, all three of us passed the evangelist licensing. We all were licensed the same day. We participated in the ceremony the same day. So I just thank and praise God that we are still going strong in the ministry of the Lord. Um, I invited a few more guests. I don't see them. If you're here, raise your hand so I can acknowledge you. I guess they on uh, CP time, but that's okay. They'll be coming in. But thank God, thank God, thank God for his word on today. Let us pray. Father, we thank and we praise you, O God. We glorify your holy name. We give you the highest praise of hallelujah on this morning, O God. Just thanking and praising you for your word on this morning, O God. How truly it has been a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Lord, we thank you that it's hid within our hearts that we might not sin against you. Father, I pray that the word that you've given me today will bless us according to your word, your will, and your purpose. I pray, oh God, that you would help us to decrease and that you allow your Holy Spirit to increase through us, increase through me as I minister your word on this morning, oh God. Not my will, God, but your will be done this morning, oh God. I pray that you would bless the hearers of your word, oh God. Let us leave refreshed, renewed, and rejuvenated within our minds, souls, and spirits. Don't let us leave the same way that we came in here, oh God, because we come to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor that you so deserve in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank and we praise you. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In our message today, God wants us to have a clear understanding of the God that we serve and who he really is. Yes, he is our salvation. Yes, he is our deliverer. Yes, he is our healer. Yes, he is our provider. Yes, he is our way maker. And yes, he is all that and then some. Wouldn't you agree? But who is God? We know him to be omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent, meaning that he is all-knowing, he's all-present, and powerful, and almighty God. 
He is Lord of Lord. He is King of King. He's the Almighty One, the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father. Hallelujah. I'm reminded of last week. We had such a high anointed service on last week. The anointing and power of the Lord was in this place on last week. Um, and then we sang two songs um, that uh, just continued to ring in my spirit all week. The first song was, I call you holy, your name is holy. You are so holy to me, then you are righteous, you are awesome, and you are all that. And the words to the second song were, Brother Woody's song, our God is awesome. He's a deliverer, he's a provider, he's a protector. He can move mountains and so on. Amen? So as I was seeking the Lord as to what he would have me to speak to you on today, the Lord took me to the book of Exodus. So let us turn to the book of Exodus, the third chapter. And if you have problems finding that, ask your neighbor. Ask your neighbor. It's the second book of the Bible. In our text, uh, Exodus, the third chapter, verses 1 through 22, we are going to see how God reveals himself as the I am that I am. I am that I am. Yes, God is all that and then some. Yes, as I said, he's our salvation, he's our protector. But he's saying, telling us today that he is more than, he is all of that and more. I am that I am. Which encompasses all the above characteristics and then some. And then you know, I am that I am. God is whoever we need him to be. Let me, give you a little, let me give you a little background on the book of Exodus. And I promise not to be before you long because I timed my message. Uh, the book of Exodus relates the story of freedom for God's people, the children, uh, children of Israel. And we today are likened to the children of Israel. The book of Exodus relates to the children, I mean, relates the story of freedom for God's people, the children of Israel, from slavery and the beginning of national identity. It relates how God fulfilled his promise by, to Abraham by multiplying his descendants into a great nation and then redeemed from bondage. God promised to make Abraham a father of many nations, and he did. Amen? Exodus emphasizes God's covenant faithfulness. We serve a faithful God. The deliverance from bondage was a crucial event in the experience of the Israelites. God is presented in several interesting roles in this book. Number one, he is the one who controls history. Number two, he is pictured as the great I am. Number three, he is a holy God. There is no sin in him. Number four, he is a God who remembers. He is a God who acts in judgment. He is a God whose anger may be averted. He is a God who speaks. And we know that God spoke the world into existence. And the word tells us to speak whatever it is we want into existence as well. Because as children of God, God has given us the authority Um, he is a God who is transcendent. And last but not least, he is the God who lives among his people. Throughout the Bible, we know that God lived among his people. It didn't matter their nationality. It didn't matter their ethnicity. It didn't matter their, which background they came from. It didn't matter if they were sinners or saints. Because he loves everyone. God is not a respecter of persons. Now, fast forwarding to our lesson. Not our lesson, I'm sorry, our text. Um, here, we're going to see in verses 1 through 8, we're going to see the call of Moses. Um, we're going to talk about the significance of the burning bush. And in verses 9 through 22, God commissions Moses to lead his people out of Egypt, the land of bondage, to freedom. Let's define bondage. Bondage is a state of being a slave, slavery, or enslavement, involuntary servitude, the state of being bound by or subjected to some external power or control. Let me read that one again. The state of being bound by or subjected to some external power 
or control. The state or practice of being physically restrained as by being tied up, chained, or put into handcuffs, meaning being held against your will. Let us read verses 1 through 4. Are you there? It says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even in Horeb. So we see here that Moses was uh, a sheep herder uh, watching over the flock uh, for his father-in-law. And in verse 2 it says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Now, the bush was not consumed or burned down because God wanted to get Moses' attention and to reveal himself to him. When God wants to get our attention, he can and reveal himself to us in many ways, be it through the burning bush, be it through his word, be it through nature, our conscience, or even other people. He will get our attention. You might have to go through some things. You might be tested, but God is going to get our attention. You may go kicking and screaming and crying and whatever, like we do when we're asked to speak a word. <laughs> but God is going to get your attention. You're going to eventually surrender. That's all I'm saying. Um, so in verse 5, it says, And he said, Draw nigh oh sorry let me go back up I'm sorry verse 3 it says and Moses said I will now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush is not burnt and when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said Moses Moses and he said here am I so, number one, we can't hide from God because he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. So when God calls and asks you to do something, he's going to make a way, and he's going to keep on knocking at your door until you surrender to his will because it's all about him and not you. The anointing and the glory of God was in that place, in just that little area there. The burning bush was, I, I, I just can only imagine what, Moses was thinking at that point in time to see that bush on fire and to have it not be consumed. But we know that when the anointing and the power of God is in a place, man, it's just like it, it, it illuminates the whole building. It illuminates your whole spirit because that's just how God is. I'm reminded of in Exodus 40, 34, and 35 how the priests were not able to enter into the tabernacle because of God's glory cloud. It was so bright. It was so illuminous. You couldn't even look at it, let alone get close enough to even touch it. In 1 Kings 8, 10, and 11, the glory crowd was so great that the priest could not even stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord had filled that place. And as I said, I can only imagine how, uh, what, what Moses was feeling at that particular time. In verse 6, it says, moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Now see here, God is revealing himself once again. Although we know that he is our salvation, he is our protector, he is our provider, but God is acknowledging that he is the father of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Amen? So it says that Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look upon God because the anointing and the glory of God was so great. In verse 7 it says, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Church, just as God spoke to the children of Israel, he is speaking to us today because we are the children of Israel of today. He is saying enough is enough. My people have been held in bondage way too long. Holding on to things in the past, let it go. 
God is saying, let it go. He's saying he's seen your affliction. He's felt your pain. He has heard your every cry. He says, I feel your hurt. I feel your sorrow because I am that I am. I will deliver you. I will set you free because I am that I am. I am all of that and more. Amen? So whatever it is you're holding on to, be it a failed marriage, be it a bad relationship, be it somebody hurt you in the past, be it you being abused, whatever it is, God said to let it go today, saints. Let it go. Just as he was talking to, uh, regarding the children of Israel in the book of Exodus, he said, it's time to let my people go. You've held them in bondage way too long. God has given us the authority to triumph over the devil. We have it, saints. We have it. God has sent leaders to, to minister his word after word after word after word to us. Let it go. It's preventing you from moving forward and doing what God has called you to do. Let it go. Like Taylor Swift says, shake it off. Shake it off. Let it go. Hallelujah. Verse 8. He says, I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pezzarizites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. God is talking to us today, just as he spoke to the children of Israel. He knows what you're going through. He sees everything. He's, church, I am come to deliver you and set you free from the hand of the Egyptians, from bondage. What are you holding on to you? To the, what are you holding on to? What's keeping you from moving forward in life? What? God's, God is saying that he wants nothing but the best for his children. He's saying that he will supply each and every one of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. As God sent Moses to, to uh, fight on the behalf of his children, God, has sent, God is here to do the same for us. God will fight for us. He says to cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Don't give it to him and take it back. Give it to him. Like we did on last week, we had an altar full of people just leaving whatever the cares or whatever it was on the altar. We got to give it to God and leave it alone. Let God work that thing out. Let him work it out. We have got to learn to trust him at his word. He said, I will fight for you because I am that I am. I will take you from being poor. I will take you from living in poverty. I will take you from living beneath your privilege, from living paycheck to paycheck, because I am that I am. I will prevent you, I will help you from robbing, robbing Peter to pay Paul. You are my children. You are my kings and my queens. I am that I am. I want nothing but the best for you, hallelujah. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Do you not know that God knows you? He said he knew you before you was even formed in your mom's womb. He knew us. So don't think he don't know anything about you. He know what you did last night. He, did, he knows what you did the night before. But God is letting us know that we are his children. He wants nothing but the best for us. I know the thoughts that I have for you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. His promise of restoration in your life. His promise of restoration in your situation. Because I am that I am. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Jesus. Uh, let us read verses 9 and 10. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to your name, Jesus. Glory to your name. Hallelujah, thank you, Lord. 
It says, now therefore behold the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. It says, come now therefore and I will send thee unto Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. God commissions Moses to go to Pharaoh and to get his people. Here God reiterates, reiterates what he's seen and what he's heard. He, remember, he's om, omniscient, he's omnip, omnipotent, and omnipresent. God always makes a way out of no way. He'll make a way out of Egypt. He will make a way out of bondage for you. He always prepares a ram in the bush when it comes to his people. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah to your name, Jesus. Verse 11 says, And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Now see, uh, Moses needed some validation, some confirmation of, uh, of, of, you know, who am I, Lord? I'm just an ordinary people. I'm just an ordinary person. But God uses ordinary, everyday, down-to-earth people. Amen? It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what your ethnicity is. God uses ordinary people. Who am I? Well, we know that Moses, number one, was a prophet. He was a teacher and a leader. He thinks of himself as being unworthy of the honor to speak on God's behalf. And some of us, the same thing. But 1 Peter 2.9 tells us that we are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that we should show forth his praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous night, light. I'm reminded of Jeremiah when the Lord called him. What was the first thing he said? Lord, I cannot speak, for I am a child. Well, we all kids. Some of us have just become saved. Some of us have walked with the Lord. Uh, but we still don't know what to say. I wouldn't know what to say today unless I lay before the Lord and just sat quiet and just heard from the Lord. I wouldn't have known what to say. But the first thing he said was, Lord God, for I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto him, say not that I am a child. I have anointed you. I have called you. I have purpose for your life today. For thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whosoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Because we are representatives and ambassadors of Jesus Christ. We are his workmanship created after himself, Christ Jesus. We are, as I said, his ambassadors. We, God uses whom he chooses. God uses ordinary people. God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the call. Amen? He will prepare you to do whatever he has asked you to do. He already prepared what he had asked Moses to do. All Moses had to do was go out and do it. But we're the same way. When the Lord lays something on our heart to do, it's like, me, Lord, you want me to speak? Lord, you want me to lay hands? You want me to go speak to that person that I don't know? Well, yes, he does. Because he knows that you're capable of doing what he's asked you to do. He knew that Moses was capable of going to Pharaoh, telling Pharaoh exactly what God said, and delivering his people from bondage. God was tired of it. I'm tired of watching my kids in bondage. I'm tired of hearing their cries. That's the God we serve because he loves us so much. He's passionate about his people. He's passionate about his children. God loves us so much that he would do that for us. He will send someone on your behalf. If you're in trouble, God always has a ram in the bush. We don't know who that ram might be, but Moses is the ram that God is sending to set his people free. Verse 12, it says, And he certainly, and he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token or a sign unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, delivering my children from the land of bondage, ye shall serve God upon the mountain.'" 
So when you go and get my people and they're set free, you're going to give me praise because I am the one that called you. I am the one that sent you. I am the one that you are going to give the praise, glory, and honor to because you, my people are delivered and they are set free. When God sets you free, begin to praise him. Begin to thank him. Begin to give him the glory that is due his name. Because he didn't have to do it. He did not have to do it. But as God said, I have heard your cries. I have felt your pain. I have seen that you've been going through, going through, going through, going through. But I am that I am. I am that I am. I am that I am. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. God responds saying, certainly I will be with you and this shall be a token or a sign that I have sent you. God promises to never leave us nor forsake us. He will always be there. God has given us the authority to speak on his behalf because we are his children. So if God is calling you to do something, do it without hesitation. God has already prepared the way. Verse 13 says, And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and say unto them, The God of your fathers, meaning Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and then and they shall say unto me, What is his name? Well, what's his name? What shall I say unto them, Lord? Now you're sending me out here to deliver all these people, me, myself, and I. You didn't say you were sending nobody, you know, no help me to. It's just me. So when I go and set them free, what am I to tell them? God will always, as I said, prepare a way. He will prepare you for whatever he has called you to do. Don't be afraid. Step out in faith. Step out in faith. Without faith, we can't please God. And we always, always want to do, we always want to please God no matter what. No matter what. Without faith, it is impossible, impossible to please God. Moses needed validation or confirmation of what he was supposed to say to the children of Israel once he brought them out of bondage. Lord, who shall I say sent me? Now, there are three primary names of God. We know him as Elohim, God, which emphasizes his strength and his creative power. Number two, Jehovah or Yahweh, which expresses God's self-existence. And number three, Adonai, Lord, which means master and signifies the authority of God. I'm reminded in Matthew 16, at the verses 13 through 20, where Peter declared that Jesus was the Messiah. And Jesus asked his disciple, who do people say that, say the man, the son of man is? Another validation. He answered, Peter answered and say, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others Jeremiah. But Jesus asked his disciple, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that God is to you? Who do you say that God is? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Messiah. You are the Son of God. You are the I am that I am. You are the I am. That's it. Period. God said, you have answered well. Verse 14, and it says, And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am have sent you, sent me unto you. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am, I am have sent me unto you. This constitutes or reveals God as being who is, uh, it reveals God as being uh, absolutely self-existent, self-sufficient, eternal, and unchangeable, and who in himself possesses essential life and permanent existence. He is what he is, what he ever was and ever will be. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I am or I will be is God's promise that he will redeem the children of Israel. And that's God's promise to us on today. 
Whatever is holding you in bondage on today, God said, I will deliver you because you are my children. I will redeem you back from the hand of the enemy. The people wanted reassurance that God would meet them in their time of need, proving his character and his promises. That's just the kind of God that we serve. God will not ever, ever, ever let us down. He may uh, be slow in answering prayers and prayer requests, and, and he's not slow. God does what he wants to at the appointed time. So that's just the God we serve. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In Proverbs 3, 4, and 5, it tells us to trust in the Lord with all our heart, to lean not to our own understanding, but in all our ways to acknowledge him, and he shall direct our path. Because in Numbers 23, 19, it tells us that God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? God will take care of his children. He will take care of you. Let's give him a hand praise. Verse 15, and it says, And God said moreover unto Moses, Thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial unto all generations. So from generation to generation to generations. To our children's children and to them that are far off. This is a memorial. Uh, verse 16 it says, Go and gather the elders of the Israel together and say unto them, The Lord God of your fathers, God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Jacob appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. Once again, God is reassuring, reiterating that he knows what his children are going through in being in bondage. He knows what we're going through in being in bondage. And he said, and this is my name forever. Make no mistake about it. Jesus Christ is yet the same today and forever. Because he is the I am that I am. Uh, once again, God reiterates, I will bring you out of the affliction of bondage. Uh, what is your Egypt today? What is your bondage today? Once again, what has you bound? Uh, the word of God tells us that we can speak to our mountain. God spoke everything into existence. When God prayed for healing, he spoke it. So when we speak God's word, God's word has authority already in it. We just need to get it off our tongue and speak it. Mark eleven twenty three says, have faith in God. Don't be moved by what you see, hear, or feel. Be moved by what the word of God says. The word of God has final authority in every situation. Every situation. For verily I say to you that whatsoever you shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. Speak your way to victory. Speak your way to victory. We have the word. God has given his word from Genesis to Exodus. There's a solution in God's word for every problem that we'll ever go through. You just have to get in your Bible and find the answer and just speak it. Be it healing, there's scriptures on healing. Be it deliverance from something, there's uh, scriptures on deliverance. Whatever your need is, the Bible makes provision for your victory. Hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah. Uh, verse 17 says, And I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt unto the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Pezrezites, Hivites, Jebusites, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Milk and honey. Hallelujah. And it says, And they shall hearken to thy voice, and thou shalt come, thou and the elders of Israel. Well, let me back up to verse 17. I'm sorry. That God is going to bring you out of bondage into a land flowing with milk and honey. First of all, we don't serve a God of just enough but we serve a God of more than enough. God will supply your every need. He promised that. 
I will supply all your needs according to my riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Do you know anybody that's richer than God? I don't. I don't know anybody that's richer than our God. But he promised to bring us into a land flowing with milk and honey. Plenteous. Plenty. Verse 18, and they shall hearken unto the voice, and thou shalt come, thou and the elders of Israel, unto the king of Egypt. And ye shall say unto him, the Lord God of the Hebrews hath met with us. He's talked to us. We've had a conversation. He's giving me my instruction as what to do. So now I'm going to fulfill God's will. And now let us go, we beseech thee. Three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Now they walk in three days in the wilderness. Can you imagine walking three days in the desert? Oh my God, cannot. But they made a sacrifice unto the Lord because God had called them to do something. When God calls you to do something, don't worry about how you're going to get there. We had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful uh, testimony from Sister Cheryl on um, how her brother became ill and how God just made a way from beginning to end. Powerful testimony. Powerful. One day the Lord will bless her to give it to the whole church. I won't give it because it's not mine. Um, hallelujah. And verse 19, it says, And I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. No, not by a mighty hand. So look at the devil here. The devil. He still, even though God is sending his people, he still won't let them go. But we know that he comes to do what? Kill, steal, and destroy. The king of Egypt, Pharaoh, had no intention of letting God's people go because that meant he would lose control and his authority. God came that we might have life and that in abundance. He is our victor. He is our victory. Verse 20 reads, And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall come to pass that when you go, ye shall not go empty. God always prepares a way out of no way. He said that he's going to give these people favor in the sight of the Egyptian. Favor means approval support an act of kindness beyond what is due or usual God's unmerited favor getting what we don't deserve amen God said he's going to uh, make a way out of no way for his people um, he spoke about signs and wonders in verse 20 and I have to do a little research on that because I didn't understand what it says and I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my wonder so I looked that up that was actually talking about the ten plagues so it says God signs and wonder the ten plagues the water turning into blood the frogs the lice the flies the livestock the pestilence the boils hell locusts darkness and the killing of the firstborn you remember that if not read the seventh chapter of Exodus the whole story is there so God was showing and proving that he is the I am that I am. He said, I will give my people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And verse 22, it says, but every woman shall borrow from her neighbor and of her that sojourneth in her house. Jewels of silver, jewels of gold, and raiment. And ye shall put them upon your sons and upon your daughters and ye shall spoil the Egyptians. Blessings upon blessings. Blessings upon blessings. Blessings upon blessings. Because we have the favor of God upon us wherever we go. It says God is going to restore that which the canker worm eateth. While you were in bondage, you lost a lot. You're holding on to things and God is saying let them let go. Because it's preventing you from moving forward in life, period. It's preventing you from moving in life and doing what God has called you to do. You're holding on to the past. You're holding on to someone that made you mad, that made you angry. That person has gone on with their life and you're still over here in bondage. 
That's not God. That's not how God wants us to be. Let it go. Let it go. Shake it off. Shake it off. God is going to restore that which the canker worm eateth. Everything that the devil stole to throw while you were in bondage, I am that I am is going to restore it. What the devil meant for evil, the I am that I am is going to turn it into good. Because that's the kind of God that we serve. Proverbs 16, 17 says, when a man or woman's ways please him, he causes even their enemy to make peace with them. So the Egyptians had to give up their goodly jewels and apparel to God's people. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I think I lost a portion of my uh, message when I was uh, typing it up. But, um, hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing it back to my remembrance. I'm missing like a whole paragraph. Um, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So the word of God tells us, hallelujah, that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just, for the righteous. So here we see that the unrighteous had, had to give their goodly, their silver, their jewels of silver, their jewels of gold and raiment uh, to God's people because they had that favor. God provided for his people. They had been in bondage for a long time. And so, as I said, when they were in bondage, they lost a lot. But God replenishes what the enemy or the canker worm stole from you because we know that the enemy comes to steal. So whatever he has stolen from you, God has promised to restore it to you. In closing, just as God sent Moses to Pharaoh to deliver his people from Egypt or bondage or to let his people go, he wants to do the same for us today. Let go of what has you bound. You know what it is, and certainly God knows what it is. He's saying today, let it go, let it go, shake it off, shake it off, shake it off. And, 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 and I know what you're going through. Well, I don't know what you're going through, but I know that we are tested. We are tried. I know even with myself, this past few months or year and a half has been so, so very trying, so very trying. Um, and the Lord woke me up this morning, and I won't give a full, but... Um, I've been, you know, we sometimes are, allow the enemy to hold us or to, uh, you know, hold us in bondage to be unforgiving. But besides, there are five men in my family that I really looked up to. I really looked up to them. And recently, all of them have done something to hurt me. I mean, it's just like beyond, beyond. But I thank and praise God for his strength. I thank and praise God for his mercy. I thank and praise God for his grace. Because if it had not been for him, I just don't, I mean, this, these, uh, my, my dad, number one, my son, number two, um, it's just my two brothers, um, my grandson, my oldest grandson, but we talked yesterday, so we got it together. But um, it's just... Um, it, 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 this, the situations were very devastating to me, very out of character for any of them. And it's like, you're my father. You're my brother. I'm doing all that I can to help this family stand. And it's just like, I've been slapped in the face. I've been slapped in the face. I've been slapped in the face. So I understand. I understand. I'm an ordinary person just like you. I understand what it means to go through. I understand what it means to be tested. But I am going to allow God to bring this thing to fruition. I am going to allow him to do it. Because of this situation, because it hurt me so much, I have not spoken to my dad since May of this year. Uh, my son, it's been a year and a half. 
Um, it's, it's, it's just trying. It's just trying. So, but I know who I serve. I know who I am. And we know who we are, and we all know who we serve. God said enough is enough. Let it go. I have let that go because it was, take, it was making me angry. It was making me bitter. I, didn't, I mean, I was just, I didn't, know, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who I was becoming. It's not me. It was totally out of character. So I, God said, hey, uh, uh, let it go. Let it go. Shake it off. Shake it off. And that's what I've had to do. I've shaken it off. Uh, my brother, I did go back and visit him in the hospital on Tuesday. So I'm making strides toward being delivered and set free from me. And you know my <laughs> natural sign is Scorpio. And like Muhammad Ali, is that fly like a butterfly and sting like a bee? I was out of character, so I, had, I did have to repent. I did. Oh, let me hurry up. Sorry. I just have to throw that in because I want, you, I want everybody to know that this message is not only for you, but it's to me first. And to know that we are just ordinary people that God uses. Yes, evangelist is a title that God has given us, given me. But at the end of the day, I'm human. You know, we are all human. And God knows and understands. So in closing, once again, just the second one, Brother Woody. Just as God sent Moses to Pharaoh to deliver his people from bondage or to let his people go, he wants, a, he wants to do the same for us today. Let go of what has you bound. You know what it is, and certainly God knows what it is. Some of us can't see our future because we are looking and so focused on the past. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Shake it off, shake it off, shake it off. Jesus paid it all for you and for me. We are his children, the royal priesthood, the chosen generation, a peculiar people. Just as God delivered the children of Israel out of bondage, he again wants to deliver and set us free. I am that I am. Let's give the Lord a hand praise and stand to your feet.